Good morning and welcome to Faith Presbyterian Church. We welcome those who are here with us and those who are watching online this morning. Our call to worship is coming from the prophet Isaiah in the 52nd chapter. Awake, awake, O Zion, clothe yourself with strength and put on your garments of splendor, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. At first my people went down to Egypt to live, and lately Assyria has oppressed them. And now what do I have to do here, declares the Lord? For my people have, taken away, have been taken away for nothing, and those who rule them mock them, declares the Lord. All day long my name is constantly blasphemed. Therefore in that day they will know that it is I who foretold it. Yes, it is I. For how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, you watchmen, lift up your voices, and together they shout for joy when the Lord returns to Zion they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, the ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed them. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all nations, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Let us open our hymn books this morning to hymn number 185, and stand as we are able to sing, There is a Song in the Air, number 185.
Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, in now your presence we enter to worship you this day, in spirit and in truth, in water and in bread and wine. We come, O Lord, to hear your word, to proclaim it, and to put our faith anew in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. For this we pray now and ask in his name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Let us greet one another this morning with the wave offering of peace. couple of things this morning. I remind the elders of our session meeting on Zoom tonight at 6 p.m. and uh, we have several matters in which to uh, take. Uh, it is, is good. Miss Lema Russell is back with us this morning after being gone for over a month and is feeling better, but you need to take it slow. And uh, we are delighted to have her back. Uh, one last thing, if you would like to make any type of offering towards the uh, Christmas food baskets going to Mexico and to Ethiopia, today is the last day to do so. The congregation has been very generous to this point and contributing over $2,500 for those food baskets. And uh, that money will be sent uh, to both countries uh, on Monday so that uh, they can accomplish uh, the feat of getting food baskets out to various families in their communities uh, before Christmas. So again, thank you all for that. Now this morning, we light the third candle on our Advent reef, which is Mary's candle. Today is the 13th of December, and sometimes it's hard for us to think that this is already the third Sunday of the season of Advent, which it is. And uh, two weeks ago, we lit the first candle, which was the prophet's candle. Uh, last week, uh, the angel candle was lit, and this week we now light Mary's candle. You know, Mary is one of the great figures and certainly perhaps the greatest of all women in the Bible. And uh, for us as Protestants, we've always had a loving, distantly relationship with Mary because we just, we just threw Mary out in the Reformation, literally threw her out other than she birthed Jesus. But most of Christianity hasn't done that. Uh, both the uh, Orthodox churches and, of course, the Roman Catholic churches, and maybe the Roman Catholics, much more to an extreme than is necessary in that regard. But Mary is a central figure in the scriptures. And I'll talk about her at length today 
in uh, my uh, sermon. So uh, I'll call that to your attention in just a little bit. But for right now, we light the pink candle. And let us pray. Well, gracious God, we do give you thanks for your handmaiden and servant, Mary, for her faith. And we thank you, O Lord, that we remember her this day. And we remember her through her son, Jesus, that she brought into the world. For this we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this morning uh, in our service, we have both sacraments and we are going to now uh, celebrate the sacrament of baptism as John and Natalie Fushi present their son, Samuel John, to be baptized. And I'll ask them to come forward. Sharon, if you will come forward. There we go. Dylan, peek around just a bit. There we go. There we go. In the scriptures, in the gospels, Jesus gives several commands. He says in Matthew, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted when they saw him. When then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age." In Mark's gospel, Jesus says, And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and he blessed them, laying his hands on them. Baptism is a sacrament of the New Testament, ordained by Jesus Christ. By the act of baptism, a person becomes a part of the visible church, for it is a sign and a seal of the covenant of grace for believers and their children. And as a sign, it proclaims God's forgiveness, our redemption in Jesus Christ. As a seal, God marks us as adopted children of our Heavenly Father. It indicates our ingrafting into Christ, our rebirth, the remission of sins, and our ability by the power of the Spirit to walk in the newness of life. The sacrament is to be continued by God's people until the end of the world. Now, John and Natalie, I ask you to answer these questions before your children and this congregation and your family. 
Do you both reaffirm your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you? Do you acknowledge Samuel's need of the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ and the renewing grace of the Holy Spirit? Do you? Do you claim God's covenant promises and benefits for Him? And by faith, do you look to the Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of your child, your children, as well as you do for your own? Do you? Do you now unreservedly dedicate your child to God? Do you promise by relying on God's power and grace through the Holy Spirit to live an exemplary life before your child, do you? And do you commit yourself to pray with and for your child, to teach your child the scriptures and the great articles of our faith in Jesus Christ, do you? And do you promise to use every means provided by God, including faithful participation in the life of the church, to bring your child up in the loving discipline of the Lord, do you? And now for the obligation of the congregation. The, the congregation and extended family are to assume, along with the parents, responsibility for the spiritual nurture and development of this child. The congregation acts for the whole family of God and assumes responsibility for it on behalf of this child and all children who are baptized. Therefore, I ask you now to answer these questions before these parents. Do you, the members of this congregation, acting for yourselves and in behalf of the whole body of Christ, assume responsibility with these parents for the spiritual nurture of his child. And do you, his family, commit yourself to set a godly example before this child to provide, as far as you are able, all that is necessary to the end that this child may one day confess Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. If you do, will you please stand in testimony of this commitment. Behold the witness of the people of God. Please be seated. Would you hold that for me? Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, now as this pour, water is poured forth in use of baptism, we pray your blessings upon it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We don't want to be short. <laughs> Hi. I know it's kind of different, isn't it? What is his Christian name? Samuel John, I baptize thee in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And may the blessings of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be upon you this day and forevermore. May the Lord send His angels to look after you and guard you, and watch over you as you travel through this time and this world that God has appointed. For we give our thanks for you, for your mom and dad, for your brother and sister, for your whole family. We give our thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. There we go.
He was. I have a magical power with babies. So. <laughs> yes. Samuel was born last March at the beginning of all this. And yes, this look, I'm fascinated, aren't you? It's fascinated. Much to the delight of his older brother Dylan, his older sister Evelyn, and to the rest of his family, he was very glad and they were glad to have him here. Yeah, I know, it's kind of cool. Look back here. Say, hi. What do you think, Brody? He's got your haircut. He does. He does. <laughs> he really does. So, say hello. Yes. Yeah. See? I know it. I know it. Come here, Evelyn. What is it? I know there is. Again, let us pray. Lord God, we give you thanks for Samuel. We thank you for the faithfulness of his family. We thank you, O Lord, that he is a child of the covenant. We pray now and ask your blessings upon him and upon all those gathered here this day. In Jesus' name, amen. There we go. Thank you. There we go. We now turn in our Bibles to the Gospel of Luke in the first chapter, reading from verse 26 through 38. If you would like to follow the reading, it is on page 723 in the Blue Pew Bibles. In the sixth month... God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. 
He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. May God bless this reading of his word from the Gospel of Luke. My sermon this morning is entitled, An Act of Faith, An Act of Faith. Now Luke, here in his Gospel, tells us about salvation history in his opening chapter, and he goes to great lengths to explain many things. John the Baptist, born to the parents of, priest, of the priestly line of Aaron, Zacharias, Elizabeth, both from the family of Aaron, born to Zachariah and Elizabeth late in life by the providence of God is John, John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is a promised child. He is the culmination of the old covenant of the law and the prophets. He is a child that will grow up born to a priestly family, but takes on the prophetic role and probably never served as a priest before God, but served as one who prepared the way for the coming of the Lord. This was John the Baptist. Luke goes to great lengths to tell us about this, how he will come in the spirit and power of the great prophet Elijah to turn the hearts of the people of God back to God, to turn the hearts of children back to their parents. This is what is promised in the opening lines of this first chapter of the Gospel of Luke. It is truly the culmination of the old covenant, the covenant that was first handed down to Abraham and Sarah when God called them from their home in the land of Ur, in modern-day Iraq, and called them to go to a land that neither one had ever seen. That was the promise. And they went. It was to Moses, who had been raised by the princess of Egypt to be among the royals in Egypt, whom had been saved because his parents refused to let him die as was ordered by Pharaoh. It was there that God gave to Moses the law, the commandments. 
to guide the people and to help them to live in relationship to God and to re in relationship to one another. That was the promise. And so we have that. We have the culmination of the old covenant of the law in the birth of John the Baptist. It is a remarkable thing. And then in this chapter that continues to unfold and still has many verses to go from whence we have read this morning, this angel Gabriel who first came to Zechariah while he was serving in the temple of God, he came now, this messenger, this herald, this harbinger, the one who was charged by God to take the message that would be the beginning of all things new, to take it to a young woman, a teenage girl, betrothed to a man named Joseph, Joseph to a young woman not fully married to Mary. Luke tells us the hope and light of the world is to be born. Here, Luke goes to great lengths to make this sharp distinction, not to an older couple like John's parents, like Zachariah and Elizabeth, not to newlyweds, to a virgin woman is given the task, the joy, the burden, the challenge of conceiving and bearing the incarnate child. Jesus, Jesus, the child who would be fully God and fully man, as our confessions like to speak and the scriptures so testify. It is to the young woman that something so marvelous and new is given. The child to be born is named Jesus, meaning he shall save the people. The child will serve his people and all people, both Jews and Gentiles, who one day will come to call upon his name. Mary to her great credit, for such a young woman asked questions of the angel. How can this be? I am not married yet fully. I am still a virgin woman. How can this be? And yet, she hears the answer from the angel. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon her. And she believes. She believes. It is her act of faith that puts the salvation course of all, humani of all humanity on a new path through the conceiving and birthing of a son born by the providence and grace of God. Luke accomplishes this all in his first chapter. 
the unbelief of Zechariah is sharply contrast, contrasted to the belief of Mary. The old, with its questioning, is skeptical, but the young and the new accept on faith what is to be done. As we now begin to draw near the celebration of Christmas, we are also called, called by the prophets of old, by the Gospels and their testimony, by the letters of the Scriptures, by the baptism of a child, Samuel, by the breaking of bread and the drinking of the cup here after the sermon, we are called once again to believe, to act in faith that Jesus, the one born so long ago, is Lord. We are called to celebrate again, even in difficult circumstances, and times. We hear Mary's words once she goes and visits her cousin Elizabeth, whom the angel has said is now six months into her pregnancy with John. And we read these words that Mary said to Elizabeth. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in, the, in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. And Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned to her home. When we baptized Samuel this morning, we read that passage from the Gospel of Mark where Jesus spoke about little children. And he said, if one does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child, one shall not enter into it. It was the beginning of the new covenant. It was the beginning of that new relationship between God and us. And we are his children, adopted by his grace, made brothers and sisters to his son, Jesus Christ. And we are called to believe. And to believe is an act of faith that we need and must practice each 
and every day. So Mary, we would call her just a little girl today, but in her day, she was a woman. And she took on the responsibility that God had chosen her for the purposes of bringing in his salvation into the world. May we all have such faith as that, that God might use us too in so many powerful ways. Thanks be to God who called upon this young woman and she believed and acted in faith. Amen. Now this morning is Communion Sunday. We are using the individual cups, and the individual cups have the bread and the juice in them. If you did not get one, uh, we can arrange for that. Richard, would you pick up? Are there cups on the table? Yes. Three. Who doesn't have a, a cup? Okay. All right. <laughs> My friends, this is the table of our Lord Jesus Christ. It would be the symbol of the new covenant that would come at the end of his ministry, before his trial, before his execution, before his resurrection. He gave it to those who followed him, his disciples, and he told them that as often as they ate of this bread and drank of this cup, they would remember him and remember the grace that God had poured out into the world. And so the Lord Jesus Christ invites all those who call upon Him as Lord and Savior, who have entered and been through the waters of baptism, to drink of this cup and to eat of this bread. Let us pray. Well, gracious God, we do give You thanks for this bread that is upon the table. As we break and eat it, may our bodies be nourished in spirit, as well as in our physical state. As we drink this cup, may our spirits and its thirst be quenched, for we give our thanks for these elements in Jesus' name, and together we add the prayer that Jesus taught us and say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom 
and the power and the glory forever. Amen. They were there for a reason, for the celebration of the Passover, the great symbol of the old covenant, how God had delivered the people Israel from their slavery and their bondage and had brought them out and had given them a new law and had given them a new life. On that Passover table was the bread, unleavened bread, because they were to eat it in haste. And Jesus took that unleavened bread. He blessed it as we have blessed bread, and he broke it. And he turned to those eating with him at his table and said, Take and eat this bread, for this bread is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And as they were eating the bread, Jesus lifted up the cup of wine set on the table. And he blessed it also, and again he turned to his disciples, and he said to them, Take and drink, all of you, of this cup. For this cup is the symbol of the new covenant, made in the shedding of my blood for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. And as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we do show forth the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, His death, His resurrection, His promise to come again. Do this, He says, in remembrance of me. I ask that you peel the top layer off of your cup and take the bread, the wafer that is there, and eat it now. And then peel the second layer back and drink of the cup. As we have received this sacrament, we are encouraged if you are able, you may make an offering this morning in the plate on the way out. Let us bow our heads and give thanks to God. Mighty God, for your many graces, including that which is in this meal, we give our thanks and praise this day. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Now, as you are able, let us stand to affirm our faith using Paul's words from the second chapter of Philippians. They're printed in your bulletin.
If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not only look to your own interest, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." Now open your hymn books to number 196. We're going to sing verses 1 and 4 of O Little Town of Bethlehem, 196. And now, my friends, go from this place this morning in peace. Hold strong to your faith. Have your eternal hope in Christ Jesus while showing his love to all that you meet. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father, the peace and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon you all this day. And I do pray forevermore. Amen.